I'm going to tell you a quick story. Street performers tell great stories. I remember seeing you sweat. Be they comic or tragic, they're always entertaining. Oh my God, what a good one. This is a Stories from the Pitch short. Welcome to Stories from the Pitch, a growing oral history about street performing and some of the crazy characters who populate this world. As street performers, we're exposed to the full range of society, from those who have a ton of money to those who have virtually nothing. But how much money you have often has very little to do with how much you appreciate the art form of street theater. The energy one puts out during a show seems to resonate with people from all walks of life, and the strength of the relationships that are made is often hard to understand and hard to calculate. The evidence of these connections can present itself in the most interesting ways. Sharon Mahoney discovered exactly how strong her bond with her audience was at the end of a show in Vancouver in a story we're calling The Homeless Hero. Everybody's got a good story. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have a homeless people story? Well, being a street performer, you do essentially become part of the street culture. You know, you become friends with some of the homeless people. And um, in a way, it's kind of cool because you are basically coming to their living room doing a show. It's like the circus came to town. It's really exciting for them. Some of them, you know. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes they're like sometimes, pissed off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was this one time I was doing, I do shows down at um, English Bay in Vancouver. And uh, there was one guy that was always down there. His name was Ricky. And uh, the funniest thing was, you'd be down there, you'd never see Ricky, ever. As soon as I put my mic on, and I'm be like, check, one, two, one, two, Ricky was there. It's like he just, like a changeling. Or he just came, he was sleeping in the bushes, heard my voice, just came out. It was like, awesome, she's here. And he was always wanting to just be part of the show, but he wasn't too invasive that he, you know, wrecked it. So anyways, he'd always be around. Ricky was awesome. This one time I'm doing a show, and like I just turn around, and he's got like this homeless person has a dustpan in a broom, and he's just sweeping up the side of the pitch for me. Like, where did that come from? He's just like, ah, just cleaning up for you. Anyway, so Ricky was awesome. And, you know, I'd always be like, oh, Ricky, you know, he never asked for money. He was always like, I'm like, hey, do you want a hot dog? He goes, whatever. So you kind of become friends with these, you know, they're, they're people just like everyone else. You're all part of this culture. And like, so then every now and then, if I was like getting people to cheer and he'd be the only one, be like, yeah. And I remember I'm like, okay. That's great. Only one homeless alcoholic is really excited about the show. A couple of people laughed. This lady was like, I don't think it's nice that you refer to him as a homeless alcoholic. And Ricky turned around. And he's like, well, I am, bitch. What's your point? Shut up. She's fucking awesome. And I was like, she was just like, hmm. <laughs> so anyways, this one time, this was a classic. I'm doing this show at English Bay. And it was like off season. It was like probably in like early April, it was cold, and um, I worked really hard to get this show together, like it was a really tough build, and these people showed up, these two people, they were from South Africa, they were from Cape Town, and they just immigrated from Cape Town to Vancouver, and I got her husband to be one of my volunteers, and they loved it, and I ended up building this really nice show, Afterwards, everyone's coming up, you know, putting money in my hat. This one lady was really sweet, and she was just sort of like, oh, you know, my brother died a couple of weeks ago, and this is the first time I've laughed since. You know, it was like this really nice feeling, and everyone's like really nice. Then I see this lady coming up with a pad of paper and a pencil. She's like, 
I'm going to be the party pooper. And I'm like, oh, here we go. She's like, I would like to have your license number. And I'm like, who are you? She's like, I am one of the residences that live across the street. Do you know what it's like to have to open your window at sunset dinner time and hear people cheering and laughing and clapping? Do you know what that's like? And the people from Cape Town were like, that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> She's like, we are just sick and tired of you people coming down here and ruining our backyard. And I'm like, oh, this is your backyard? That's interesting. I thought this was a public park. She's like, well, we pay taxes up there. I'm like, so do I. I live in the building three doors down. What's your point? She's like, we're just sick and tired of you people coming down here and ruining our airspace. I can't even open my window at nighttime without hearing people laughing and cheering and clapping. It just makes me so angry. And the people from Cape Town come in. They were brilliant. They go, we just immigrated from Cape Town because we couldn't have our windows open because we were hearing people being murdered and shot at. We lived in a gated community because we didn't feel safe not being protected with inside our own house. Like, I think you need to see the bigger picture here, lady. Like, this is awesome. You live in a so overprivileged society. I think the fact that you have to open your window, live on an ocean, and hear people laughing and clapping and cheering once in every while is actually not that big of a deal and is not something you should be so angry about. And then she was just sort of like, well, you don't understand. And then Ricky comes out of nowhere and he's pissed. He's just like... Fuck you, lady. I've been listening to this conversation for too long. Go fuck yourself. Go back in your fucking ivory tower condo. Take your self-righteous, over-wealthy ass and fuck off. And then I was like on the mic and I'm like, I want everyone to know that I'm not being aggressive here. (laughs) And he goes, well, I'm being aggressive. Fuck you, lady. Go home. Fuck off. And then she was just like, oh, I find your tone really offensive. And he's like, I find your face fucking offensive. (laughs) Fuck off. Ricky sounds like a homeless version of me. He is, pretty much. (laughs) Actually, this was you, Eric. Let's let's be honest here. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, this lady comes down here and she makes me laugh. And I'm homeless. And I'm an alcoholic. And I know it. I know I'm an alcoholic. Everybody, okay, I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) And everyone's like, yeah. He's like, okay, I I get it. I know. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a fucking loser. Okay. I'm a loser. I'm homeless and I'm an alcoholic. But that woman comes down here and she treats me like a human being. She makes me laugh. And he goes, and I get a partner show. He goes, what the fuck do you do for the homeless people, lady? And then she was like, well, I, I come down and now, yeah. And he's like, exactly. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) And then he's like, if you really want to do something to help the community, you should come down here and clean the beach. And then she's like, well, I come down and clean the beach every once in a while. He's like, I'm here every morning, lady, cleaning up the garbage from over wealthy and privileged people like you. And I ain't never fucking seen you down on the beach cleaning up. Go fuck yourself. And everyone was like, yeah. This all happened in front this of the audience. This all happened in front of the audience. Oh, my God. Brilliant. She ended up slowly backstepping away and leaving. And I was like, Ricky, that was awesome. And he's just like, ah! He goes, I'd marry you. But, uh, you know, you're on the road too much for me. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. You can't write that stuff. It's true. It's brilliant, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
Stories from the Pitch is produced by the Busker Hall of Fame and is made possible through the efforts of a dedicated team who share a passion for the recording, editing, and presenting of these stories. This episode is proudly sponsored by Dolphin Creative, a company dedicated to supporting street theater and all of the incredible characters who make up this world. Wherever you perform, Dolphin Creative salutes you. For more information, please visit dolphincreative.org. And huge thanks to Stuart and his team for sponsoring this episode. If you'd like to support what we're doing, please do consider swinging by the Busker Hall of Fame website and throwing a little love into our online hat by clicking on the donate button. Or become a sustaining supporter of the project at patreon.com slash buskerstories. Your contributions really do allow us to grow this resource and generate more content, so thanks in advance for supporting this project and helping us keep busking history alive. Music for this episode came from Tim Sars and the Carnival Band from Vancouver. Links to both Tim's work and the Carnival Band are posted in the notes section for this episode on the Busker Hall of Fame website, so do check them out. Got a story to tell? Something you think we could improve? A performer you'd like us to interview? Or perhaps you're interested in becoming a sponsor of an upcoming episode? If so, drop me a line at cbg at buskerhalloffame.com. On behalf of myself, story editor Magic Brian, Eric Amber, who recorded this story, and the rest of the staff of the Busker Hall of Fame, we hope this finds you well. And as you perform for audiences around the world, please remember to use your superpowers for good. I'm David Aiken, the Checkerboard Guy. Thanks for listening. 